The broadcast is now starting. All attendees are in listen-only mode. Hi, and welcome. You are listening to the IAVM podcast series, The Venue Coffee Break. This is episode number eight, and uh, we are your hosts today. We, we've got a guest host, actually. Usually, Shelly Ellis is my partner in crime, but um, she was not able to join us today. So uh, first and foremost, I'm Alexis Bergeron. I'm the Director of Event Services at the New Orleans Ernest and Morial Convention Center. And my co-host today is the ever-wonderful Greg Wolf, Education Manager with IAVM. So thank you, Greg, for pinch hitting here. That's exciting to have you. Oh, my pleasure. And <laughs> great. And today uh, we are going to be discussing chapter meetings. Um, there's been a lot of successful chapter meeting discussion here, and interest around um, how we can really mobilize folks and get them to meetings and, and host a successful meetings. So we've got some folks here to talk about that and their experiences. And I'm going to throw it over to Greg to uh, give us some introductions. Of course. So uh, first is Robbie Elliott. Uh, Robbie is the Production Supervisor and Technical Director for the Mesa Art Center in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, it's located in the Phoenix metro area. Uh, has been there for 10 years. Uh, prior to the Mesa Art Center, uh, he was the Director of op Operations for the uh, Ardry Auditorium in Flagstaff, Arizona. And Robbie has been a member of IBM since 2009. And this past year, he's received a CFE. So uh, very congratulations, Robbie. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. CVP, but, you know. Oh, what did I say? CVB? <laughs> CFE or I don't. I, I'm sorry. I, I you know I, that's the thing too. You work enough in these associations, and you had the, the alphabet soup that goes to your head. I, I apologize. Yes, CVP. Uh, so thank you, Robbie, very much for coming on. Uh, and then, of course, Sean Sam. Davis. Uh, our, yeah, of course. And our Sean Davis is our a second guest today. Uh, Sean has led uh, operations in all kinds of venues. Uh, currently, Sean runs the operations at the Southtown Expo Center in Sandy, Utah. Uh, that's located in the south part of Salt Lake City and has been there for two and a half years. Uh, prior to his current position, he worked at the Energy Solutions Arena, uh, now the Vitamint Smart Home Arena, and Smith's Ballpark, and was in charge of all the housekeeping at both the arena and the ballpark. Uh, Shaw, uh, Sean uh, attended VMS last year. I really enjoyed his time in Ogilvy, and I believe he'll be coming back again this year for a second year. So thank you, Sean, for coming. Thank you for having me. Of course. Awesome. Yeah, no, we are really excited for this discussion. So I'm going to start with you, Robbie. Um, you know, you're in Arizona. Arizona has one of the, the most active chapters, I think, probably in, in the association. So tell us about your last chapter meeting. Well, we had a chapter meeting on February 1st, and it was, it was really well attended. We had about 45 people. That's kind of been our average. We've had anywhere from, you know, 35 to 70 people, kind of depending on the schedule. And it was hosted by the Phoenix Convention Center. And we addressed a whole bunch of topics, anywhere from like local labor problems in regards to stagehands. We talked about transgender issues and how that pertains to events. And we talked about some security stuff. We had a couple of town halls. And overall, it was a really good event that allowed everybody to, in the local vicinity to come together, talk about local issues, and it was really well received, really well received. And, and from how far across Arizona are you, are you pulling folks in? Is it, um, is it mostly those, place, you know, those folks in and around Phoenix for this particular meeting, or are they, are they driving in from even further and maybe staying the night? You know, I would say that 80% of them are local in the Phoenix metro area, but we have had people come down from Flagstaff, which is about two and a half hours away. We get people from Tucson, which is about two hours away, and we do have a couple of regular attenders from Yuma, which is, you know, three, four hours away. 
So wow. we, we are pulling people from around the area, specifically um, for those people that really can't afford to make it to the national conference or the sector conferences. It is kind of cheaper to travel locally, and a lot of organizations support local travel rather than national travel. So we do get sure. quite a number of people that are coming in from out of town. Yeah, I've, I, I've that, heard. Go, I've, ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you. I was going to say, I've actually met individuals who aren't members who are, got exposure to IVM through the chapter meetings. Uh, you know, a lot of times people aren't able to join the association at their level. You, this, in this case, this person was a coordinator. And uh, she actually had, you know, was able to come to the chapter meeting, learn about it. This is in Utah. And, you know, obviously I think it's a great way of also just, if there's some issues that affect you, your particular area, you know, as you mentioned, uh, laws, you know, here in Texas, we have open care laws. I think Arizona has had some, uh, has had some laws in that regard as well. So I'm sure it's really nice to get a local perspective too, to, you know, if you're all facing the same local problem, how to kind of come together and, I would also hope, hopefully, stress relief too. But you know, it's nice to know other members of your industry are dealing with this problem, and hopefully, find some kind of solution or at least some way to cope with it a little bit better. Yeah, well, and it's absolutely. Nice no, if you're able to get together and say, "This is what Phoenix Convention Center is doing. This is what Chandler Center for the Arts is doing," right. it, it really makes you feel like you're not alone with this issue because usually, you know, your surrounding venues are going through the same thing. Right. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point, Greg, um, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Utah because I'm going to move to Sean next, but I, sure. the chapter meetings really do serve as a great recruiting tool, really. You know, it's such an, a good opportunity to get folks, um, you know, in the doors and, and open to the messages and, and even, you know, allied recruitment tools and things like that. I think that that's a, that's a really good point. But, you know, you mentioned the success there in Utah, and I, I want to move to Sean here because, uh, you know, like Arizona, Utah is, I, again, one of the, the strongest, most active chapters we've got, and uh, they've seen real success it with their program so Sean tell us a little bit about how how you all have structured your chapter program uh, chapter meeting program out there and and what what things you've put in place that have helped you really you know drive attendance and interest and support I think the first thing we've done is is kind of specified the dates well not the exactly the dates but when we wanted to have them we do it biannually and it's the uh, we have a Tuesday there in February it's usually the third Tuesday uh, every year, and then we have the Tuesday that's directly following uh, the July 4th in, in July. And in, able to do, or in doing so, I think everybody kind of has an idea of when those meetings are going to be and can put it on the radar and kind of pre-plan for it so they're not surprised. I, I think planning is the key on a lot of these chapter meetings because uh, when they're planned and people know and, and have some, some information, they're able to, to, to make a note of that because we're all busy professionals and we got stuff going on. And, and able to be planned, you know, five six months out, it, it helps to the to, to everybody get on the same page. It helps to be successful, and and people know to expect. So that that's I think one of the keys that's, that has been for us to be successful in the chapter meetings. Do you think? Um, do you find? Because I, I also know that the the leadership of the the buildings out there in Utah, are, you know, are very active and and actively meet and and talk. Uh, do you find that they're actually Maybe even saving the, saving the staff uh, some um, hardship or heartache with not being able to attend by booking around those dates, or is that just more of a just more for consistency's sake? I think it's for consistency's sake, and it's also good because then people. I mean, we all have stuff going on, and 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 it's different for for different venues. But in, 
for for in the in the winter time it's you know pretty busy for most uh, as opposed to some of the stadiums and then the summer you know it's just kind of flip flops but I think getting that on the getting on the radar it just helps with everybody knowing what to expect and then of course some people won't be able to make for some other commitments and there's some last things that happen in this industry that you sometimes you have to prioritize but it just helps everybody get on the same page Definitely, definitely. How, how, Robbie? You you mentioned kind of what topics were covered at your last chapter meetings. How, who, and how are the you know agenda items typically determined? Well, we um, don't like to reinvent the wheel, um, so we have actually built off of sector conference topics. We've built off of Venue Connect topics, and if something was a real hit at one of those sessions, we quite frankly steal it and a you know, apply local, you know, items to it and then present it there. And also, for the regular attenders, we use um, TicketForce for our registration. So, of course, we have all their email addresses and everything else. So we send out a survey to them after every chapter meeting and just ask what they would like to talk about for the next um, event. And then on the local chapter planning committee, we oftentimes it's just problems that have come up between the 10 or 15 people on that panel and like I said before if you're experiencing a problem chances are somebody else is experiencing a problem too so we just kind of naturally flow from those things sure sure how about how about your uh, group Sean same same kind of thing very similar uh, the groups will come up with some different uh, ideas and topics and we, we try to stay relevant to what's what's going on in the industry our last meeting, uh, a good portion was devoted. They're doing a major renovation at the uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena. Uh, was dedicated to that and what went into political. It, it got political at times because there were some. There's always when you when you're doing with public monies and also with the private sector, and everybody knows that it, it can get convoluted at times. So there's an explanation of what went on and some, some misinformation was put in the media. It was good, and it just kind of laid out what was going to go on and how that was going to the time frame, which was was very relevant for the most of us that uh, you know attend different concerts and basketball games here. Yeah, I you know I think that's a, a really good point too. I think I, you know I certainly enjoy um, you know when venues are talking about what their current challenges are because as you mentioned, usually somebody's going to be experiencing that or is currently experiencing that or will be you know, dealing with that in the near future, we, we just wrapped up actually a, a region conference here at the convention center, and one of the topics that, you know, we as a building presented was um, a recap of our Mardi Gras, because we had just uh, used this Mardi Gras season was the first that we had put all of the attendees at the Mardi Gras balls through metal detectors, and so, hmm. you know, as safety and security becomes a, a larger conversation, especially in the convention centers right now, um, you know, people were really interested in kind of hearing how, what worked and what didn't, and, you uh, you know, lessons learned. So I, yeah, I think that's that's terrific. Good stuff. So let's let's talk about how we pay for it. So, how, Sean, how are things structured for you guys in terms of you know what what does it cost to attend a chapter meeting? How is that you know underwritten? You know, on the back end sponsorships. What, can you speak a little bit about that? Yes, usually the cost will range from like fifty to sixty sixty five dollars per plate. Basically. What that covers is the lunch, and there's you know usually a continental breakfast that goes with it. Um, the different facilities, because we rotate where we have the different uh, meetings, uh, will absorb some of that cost, but a lot of that's passed on. What we found is you know if you charge people, they feel like they want to participate. If it if if it goes for free, then it, it a lot of times maybe it's a turnoff is what I'm trying to say. 
sure. so when the cost is there, people and when people have to pay, there's more of an incentive to attend. Uh, I think there's more involvement, and people feel like they're getting something out of it when they have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And and what about sponsorships, Ravi? Do you guys go out and solicit sponsorships? We we do. Um, the first sponsorship that we um, kind of went after was just registration, and we partnered with Ticket Force, who's an allied member of IAVM. And they basically give us the registration fees used for their website at their cost. And that's in exchange for, you know, branding. We usually do a walk-in PowerPoint slide that just kind of goes through the different sponsors. And then we actually reach out to the caterer at the specific venue that we're at and work with them. And we kind of explain that, you know, the audience that you have here are usually the key players in any future RFP price or, you know, you know, any RFPs that are going to be happening in the future for their venue. So based on that, are you willing to give us any type of deal or whatever else? And that does two things. Usually it lowers the cost. And secondly, it's usually really good food because um, they're trying to <laughs> impress, you know, their future clients. And we usually let, you know, the caterer right before lunch get up and speak, talk about their company, stuff like that. So it's very much in the same way that you would sell sponsorships for any other event. We do that as well. And it, it lowers the cost of having the event pretty significantly. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, and um, and then at the end of the day, too, with the, the monies that are generated um, from these meetings, I and I can't speak to, to your regions, but in Region 5, certainly the chapter meetings help, uh, you know, fund scholarship opportunities and things like that for, for our members, for Ogle Bay. And, and so that's, you know, it's just a really good way to, you know, not only support the mission of IAVM through the networking and education piece, but then also to, you know, to build up those funds so that we can send folks to, to the, you know, education programs outside of the state as well. So is that, do you guys do a similar kind of model or? We do that, yeah. Um, we have right. built up a couple, well, with our registration fee, we use that to spay, or pay for honorariums for speakers that we might want. But then any profit oh. that comes from it, we usually fund, two people that go to venue management school annually. So the, all the money is kind of designed to give back to the organization. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we've, Absolutely. we've, I've, um, for the last six years I've been going, I've been working here, I think you all have been doing that and sending a person every year. So, uh, and I, I know that that student really appreciates the support that the chapter gives to them. And same thing with Utah too. Utah chapter has also been mm -hmm. uh, creating scholarships at the venue management school. So no, that we definitely appreciate all the, all the people you've sent, and uh, I think those individuals definitely have too. And I'm ho and I'm I don't know for just for a fact, but I'm sure that those individuals usually come back and do they give a report back to the chapter what they what they learned, or do they try to kind of pay it forward, as it were, to kind of bring new people in? We do. I mean, it's kind of advertising for the organization as a whole. Usually, at the next chapter meeting, we invite one of them to get up and kind of talk up the silent auction and attending these meetings and how that helped them out. And it's also kind of a presentation for venue management school as well. So there's kind of advertisements happening all the way around. But usually the people, well, I say usually, every single time we've sent somebody, they're very appreciative. And it usually goes to people that, or organizations that really can't always afford to send them. Right. So everybody's right. very appreciative about it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, situation too with like like you there Robbie where at the following chapter meeting 
we invite the people that have been sent or got their scholarship that went to Ogilvy to if they would give a short recap and what they learned and uh, not not a, not a travelogue, but basically hit some high points and and you know the people that I've and I've been doing this for five or six years have, have always been very appreciative. Um, they've given a good report and spoke highly of not only the instructors but uh, of Ogilvy itself and and as a very excellent educational experience. So ours is very similar to yours there down in Arizona. Yeah, good. I and I think we're all Robbie. You've been to Ogilvy, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, I have too. And Sean, you're you're in you're in year two this year, so we can all certainly attest to how you wonderful program that that has been certainly for my career. So you know, you, obviously we we all agree. I think you know chapter meetings are important. So what do you, Sean? What do you say to the person that says I'm too busy? I don't have time to plan a chapter meeting. What how, what do you, what do you say to that person? What, how much work is it? I, I think you've got to have more than one person that's on board. I think I think one of the successful things we've done here is. There are a lot of people that, that, that participate, that volunteer and say, hey, we want to make this go, we want to make it run. So it doesn't fall on the shoulders of just one individual person and with everybody pulling together, uh, you know, it spreads the workload around and everybody, it, it seems like more people want to volunteer, want to participate, want to come to the meetings and be part of it. There will always be people that say, I'm too busy, but you know, it's a list of priorities. You know, I guess what's important to you, you're, you're going to plan for. And I think the most part, people that are involved in different venues want to participate. They, they, Utah, for you know, we've been fortunate to have a strong chapter, and, and they want to be part of that. So that, that's been, been kind of how it's played out for us. And, and Robbie, now in Arizona, correct me if I'm wrong, but you all have like a chapter representative. Is that right? So, so one one person kind of you've elected to steer that that program. Is that right? Yeah, and. Kind of the way that came out is Kevin Mattingly back in the day decided that these were going to these needed to happen, so he reached out to an individual that worked for the Phoenix Suns and he talked to his boss and said, "You know, this is what we want to get on. Are you willing to allocate a couple hours a week on average for this person to do that?" And usually, most general managers of facilities view it as a worthwhile cause and are willing to do that. But yeah, that person is kind of the chairman of the committee. He leads the calls. Um, but really, it is a team effort, and there's right now I believe there's 12 people on the committee, so that person isn't doing a lot of the work. It's just kind of the organizing factor, and most of the people that we have on the committee are from event planning parts of their job, so this is just kind of what we naturally do, so it, it works out really well, but it, it certainly is a team effort, and there's not a lot of time commitment on any one individual in order to make this successful. Yeah, I think I think it's got to, that's, that's, that's what does make the chapter meeting successful is, is in terms of the small bites. It's, it's hard, you know, to, to plan big, long programs and things like that when you're keeping it to a day, maybe a day and a half, you know, the, the content piece and all the planning that goes into that, it is manageable, but you're, you're, you both are absolutely right. I think you need, you need people, you need, you know, more than one person to really be driving it and making sure all the, uh, all the T's gets crossed and the, the I's get dotted, so to speak. So what, what can IABM do to assist you? And Greg, maybe, maybe you can even jump in here and show everybody on the sure. screen what we have uh, available to folks that would want to plan their own chapter meeting. Yeah, we have on the website, uh, and I'll just have it on. The, I actually have the schedule for the recent uh, Arizona chapter meeting on the screen. You can kind of see what you know how the day flowed. 
so we'll just go to Region uh, 7 as an example here. So actually, we'll start from the very beginning. So IVM.org, uh, you go to About, and then Chapter and Regions, and then we'll go to the chapter, I mean the region, so Region 7, and then click on Chapter Meetings. So here it has all the chapter meetings they've had since, uh, I guess, 27, 2014. And then you just go to host a meeting. And then here's the little, the little toolkit. Uh, I'll be here, you know, we can assist getting you the list. Uh, programming, of course, we're, you know, certainly willing to uh, assist any recommendations. Usually, as, as both individuals said, usually you want to stick with someone local. Uh, and just also for relevance is sake as well, because as we talked about, there are problems you're dealing with locally that, the whole, you know, that are really important for you to, to talk about. So then, uh, so yeah, this little step, step, full step process right here. And of course, uh, we're on, you know, we're here to help as well. So, you know, uh, reach out to the membership department or my, or myself, uh, and we're happy to help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, one of the steps obviously here is, is getting, getting the word out. Um, right. Sean, how do you all advertise your meetings? Usually there's an email sent out that goes out probably five or six weeks before the actual meeting. Uh, it, it, it has the agenda like Robbie's, uh, there's an example there that it, it just identifies the agenda, who's, who's going to be participating, who the speaker are, what the subjects are, and so then people can start planning from there. Got it, got it. Robbie, about same same kind of deal for you guys? Yeah, we also have a Facebook page that we push it out on social media um, just for the people that don't necessarily, you know, get all the MailChimp stuff sent to their inbox. But we, we do have a pretty large email list, and there's about 70 or 80 people that follow the Facebook page. So we're able to get, wow. get the word out to a lot of people. Is that a, is think, a Arizona chapter-specific Facebook page? Is that right? It is, yeah. It's IAVM, oh, wow. AZ. Um, well, we have a... We have a website that all this stuff gets housed on, iavmaz.org, and then we also have the, the IAVM Facebook page. So Interesting. we're kind of hitting a lot of different areas, really just the three, and that tends to work out pretty well. People that don't attend, it's not for them not knowing about the meeting. Sure. Sean, do you, now Utah, you all have a, um, you have a website as well, don't you, specific to the chapter? Yes, and it's uh, most all the information is posted there, and then in addition, the emails go out. That's primarily how we uh, advertise it, and then we'll send out the information so people know about it. Okay, all right, interesting. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that's pre that's pretty unique, but probably very effective and keeps people engaged. Um, uh, boy, who who maintains it, Sean? For like for Utah? Um, I believe there's there's a to be honest, I think it's um, the person that's involved with Jody Lake up at the Weber State University. I can't recall his okay. name off my head, but I believe he's the one that maintains the host on the and the, the, the website. Sure, sure, okay. Yeah, no, that's um, that's that's very cool. Now, just out of curiosity, do, do your chapters also do um, in addition to the social media sites? Um, Robbie, does Arizona do a, like a newsletter or anything like that specific to the chapter activities as well, or not? We do send out an email newsletter, and it's about you know three or four weeks um, before the meeting, and then there's reminders that go out as well. And then um, again, we're capturing email addresses from Ticket Force, so that's where we get the you know additions to our mailing list. So I would encourage everybody to use their ticketing system that they are using in house, 
get somebody to donate access to it. Oftentimes you'll find a venue that's willing to do that. And then you can start accumulating the email addresses over time. Okay, great. Well, terrific stuff. I, I'm always amazed at how the time flies on these podcasts. So, <laughs> Robbie and, and Sean, um, if uh, folks want to reach out to you after the fact and, and maybe ask you some questions about, you know, chapter meetings, um, where can they find you? Sean, where can they find you? Uh, the website for Southtown Expo, there's a link to my email, or they can just, they're welcome to send me an email at Sean, S-H-A-U-N dot D at SouthtownExpo.com. There's two E's there. Awesome. And for me, they can, they can shoot me an email address. It's Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y dot E-L-L-I-O-T-T at MesaArtCenter.com. And then also, I'll add to that, you know, our online directory and VenueNet has both all of our members in there as well. So that's another easy way to find both these fine gentlemen. Absolutely. Well, well, this has been very, very informative. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time out of what I know are very, very busy schedules. And I would certainly um, direct our listeners to take a look at the website and see what chapter meetings are coming up. Um, you know, reach out to your, your region uh, chairs as well. We, most regions have folks um, serving on the board that are really trying to drive chapter activity. So if you don't see anything listed, you know, reach out and, and find out who you can talk to about either hosting or, or attending a chapter meeting in your area. Um, so check that out on the website. But again, I want to thank you um, to our listeners and to each of our guests, Sean and Robbie. Thank you both so much. And um, if, if anybody out there listening has any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to both Sean, uh, Robbie, or myself. And gosh, I think that about wraps it up. But Greg, what, what did I miss? No, perfect. Uh, thanks, thanks, gentlemen. And thank you, Alexis. It's always a pleasure. And we look forward to talking to you all next month. Sounds good, yes. And if you have any ideas for things you want to hear about, certainly reach out and let us know. All right. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, everybody.